All right. We're on time, Dan. Okay. The You're listening to and watching the CTO Advisor Studio from the Venetian in Las Vegas. I have with me a good friend of the industry and one of the better financial analysts that I've... I'm going to call you a financial analyst because I always see you on CNBC. Uh, uh, you're quoted in the Wall Street Journal all the time. Uh, we have this thing, you know, you're the uh, CEO of Petrum Group principal analyst we have this thing running between us we're at vmware explore about this merger between vmware and product it's an acquisition that <laughs> is that <laughs> and we're gonna finally have it out yeah let's like, do it we're gonna do this let's man. do this can i get it can i just say something to the audience really quickly sure. okay this is not financial advice i'm not technically a financial analyst let me explain what i am as an industry analyst okay. but when, when I founded the Futurum Group, what I did find was there was one thing that inspired the tech vendors more than anything else. You know what that is? Their stock price. The stock price. So when you're an industry analyst, you kind of talk about the product, the service, the go-to-market, the strategy, and all that stuff's good. But the question the executives ask when they invest in partnerships with analysts or influencers or thought leaders or they do paid media is, does it move my stock price? So to be very clear, Understanding the connection uh, on the 6.5, Patrick and I call it the ground truth. The the performance, the quarterly performance of a stock is the ground truth of, you know, is that, you know, uh, vSphere upgrade landing in the marketplace? Are people, you know, getting behind NSX? Or, you know, I'm just using examples from VMware here, of course, but whatever it is. So um, all things considered, I think knowing those the the market and the price and the stock and the products and the services really shows a holistic understanding of the business. And I really appreciate that uh, clarification because we're both industry analysts and I look at it primarily from the customer lens. Yep. And this is where both of us, let's, let's talk about where we agree with the Bancom, Shannon Neither one of us are financial analysts, but I absolutely believe this is a brilliant move by Brock. From a just extracting value from an asset like VMware, I think Hot Pod will do a fantastic job of meeting his commitment to his investors and returning value. The question becomes where we, I think, start to differ is is this a net good for customers? Is that a question? That's a that's a question. It's, it's not enough, but for customers. So I'm scratching. So I'm scratching my head. Broadcom, I look at all the the hardware acquisitions that they've made, and they've extracted value and moved the needle on the hardware side. So from a track record, from a software, from a hardware side, uh, from a chip and semiconductor perspective, I've seen it happen on the networking side. They the their, their network products are some of the best in the industry, and they continue to lead the way on just the network side, for instance. The software side? Well, let me, let me, let me chime in there because I think there is some underestimating of how successful uh, the semantic acquisition has been or the CA acquisition has been. Hawk Tan has shown his cards. In fact, he's one of the more transparent CEOs, and I've had the chance to spend some time with him that I've met. Does that mean he's not shrewd? Does that mean he hasn't, you know, karate chopped uh, the companies? And and he has. 
you know, if it was Elon Musk, it would be a, a bigger story. But because he's an enterprise and he's an enterprise tech, it barely makes the news because there's barely any enterprise tech press left. But here's the thing. A company's responsibility, you know, I did, I went, when I did my MBA, I didn't, I don't, I don't remember learning much, but I remember on the first day of one of my classes, the professor said the number one job of a manager is to return value to shareholders. VMware's growth has been pretty anemic comparatively with most high growth software companies. You know, you're talking at best 10%. Uh, the company has made, and, and we heard Submit talk, and he showed some pretty encouraging numbers with larger growth to SaaS. But overall, the business in terms of the outputs, which is the equity, means there's limited dollars to return to shareholders. It means that the, you know, there's limited dollars to invest in product development. You know, where I think, uh, you know, multi-cloud, you know, and we talk cross-cloud, you, you corrected me. We can debate that at another time. But being the next wave, we've seen a pretty substantial uh, growth uh, vector in Red Hat's direction at the expense of VMware sitting on that opportunity. They, Tanzu did not land. Right. And so I think Hawk is looking at this thing going, yeah, it's a good company. It's got loyal, you know, the, 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 you see it here. You're at the event. You see how loyal the, the, the people are that are here. But are they loyal because this is the best? Or, you know, go back a decade or two to the early era of Cisco certifications when people were really knowledgeable about Cisco and they had their CCIEs and their CCNAs and they would have installed anything Cisco because they were like the Cisco warriors. And so are the VMware folks the people that refused to fully embrace cloud? Are they the people that missed the, you know, again, debate Red Hat and even open source at this moment, but the open source move to, to the Kubernetes, and, and this is where I think you're great, by the way. But what I can tell you immediately is at 37,000 employees, um, Hawk Tan is looking at that and saying too many people. He's saying too much expense. Uh, he's already pretty much more or less publicly said or come out and said, you know, that there's some billions of additional profit opportunity here. And how can that then be reinvested in the products he believes? This is what he does. I realize I've been talking a while. He believes in picking the, he'll pick the pieces of the portfolio. And we don't know for sure what he'll do. I think he's going to change the, the portfolio. So here's what I'm excited about. And this is part I'm excited about. There's stuff. I, I'm not a VMware employee. You were. Uh, VMware, I were six years ago. And, uh, <laughs> I were. Yeah, I were. That's, that's, that's proper English for you, English mate, readers. I, I was a VMware employee. And I don't invest in VMware. Uh, I, they're not even a customer. So I talk pretty free, freely about VMware. There's businesses VMware has no business being in anymore. The EUC business can just go. The, they haven't innovated in there. They obviously haven't, they've underinvested in that business. It's more and less on maintenance. There's a bunch of different areas VMware just shouldn't be playing in. I, I, I don't think they should have security products, especially compared to Symantec. God, if you look at the two portfolios, you're like, ah, there's some justification that can go on in there. Uh, 37,000 employees is a lot of employees for a purely software. Their cost of acquisition for customers, their cost of sales, relatively high for a pure software business. They have a challenge developing this team for telling the customer story for cross-cloud. The, when the customer, when I talk to customers, 
the sales folks are still leading with the vSphere message where VMware has a pretty decent cross-file story. That stuff, now, free advice, give that out to the, the, to the channel and focus on developing that skill set. VMware has proved they've earned the, they've earned the right to be acquired by Brock. They've come to the point that they've earned the right to be acquired by Broadcom because they are sitting in pole position. They, uh, I think a great example of that was the conversation with NVIDIA and Jensen on stage. They have a legit gen AI store. I was actually surprised. They just repackaged stuff that they've done in the past to present it as gen AI. So VMware has uh, an opportunity, or Broadcom rather, has an opportunity to execute VMware's vision. Well, he's going to do that because one, he's going to remove the unnecessary costs. He's going to do it quickly, which a lot of people, it's created a lot of stress. It's created a lot of anxiety. It doesn't help to have, if you have 37,000 and, and you can say, you know, he's probably looking at this and saying, I can do it with under 20. Realistically, that's probably based on history. Um, that's probably where Hawk's head is at right now. You look at the the income of the company, you look at the, what he's paying for the company and the multiple on it. He has to have looked inside of those financial statements. This is where being, you know, astute financially makes sense. Looked into those statements said, I can take this from one or two billion in EBITDA on a quarter, you know, I could take it to eight or I could take it to, you know, he believes he can take a lot of cost out and grow it quickly. Otherwise, the shareholders wouldn't support him. And, and if you do look at the performance of the company's stock, a Broadcom, it is beloved by its shareholders. The company, for being somewhat seen as a little boring, a little bit, you know, the, the chips they're in aren't the most advanced in many cases. The software they've bought, I mean, mainframes, security, they've bought into industries that have longevity, that have dedicated customer bases, that have margin expansion, and he's gotten rid of everything that doesn't make money. He'll sunset what doesn't make money. He'll find products that are needed to be sunset that have very little competition. He'll maximize margin and he'll run them until they're no longer necessary. And he'll he'll invest. And I spend some time studying the innovation patterns, Keith, and he'll invest heavily in the parts of the business where there's money to be made. He sees parts of the VMware business as an opportunity to make money. He believes in the hybrid cloud. And I think that in a year or two, it will be very different. But you know, I spent a lot of time with uh, Greg Locko. He he runs their mainframe business, uh, Broadcom Mainframe. And, you know, when I came in the first time to do any work with Broadcom, I literally thought they must be the most hated company on the planet. I'd never heard outsiders say many good things. But when you talk to insiders, it's a totally different thing. The people that work there work very hard, but they genuinely see the vision, they buy into it, and they seem to be excited about it, which is interesting because in these other companies where we kind of hear that they're cool and hip, when you actually get people off the record, you sometimes get the opposite. Like they look very cool on the surface, and you get them underneath the the, the covers, Keith, Keith, and they're like, mm, yeah, it's it's a facade. I'm not I'm not running to Broadcom employee, generally speaking, that aren't happy. You read the reviews, the reviews. People love working there. They get well compensated. They they work hard. When I talk to the VMware employees who believe they have a future at Broadcom, they don't know. You can't know, but they are excited. They are open to the opportunities. I think if you're in different parts of the business that are, are obviously struggling or not really what they perceive as core, they're a little worried. And as they should be, 
But I think if you're a customer, this is an opportunity to clearly see the signal from the noise. VMware has a lot of products, a lot of products that they put marketing dollars behind, but not necessarily R&D behind. And we will see that shift over the next few quarters of what's really important to VMware. Where should I look? I point out EUC. Where should I look for to VMware for EUC innovation versus where should I go look to another partner or software vendor for uh, innovation around EUC? And overall, you're going to get a clearer picture of where does VMware fit in your IT portfolio over the next few quarters. And that is not a bad thing. No, absolutely. Look, I actually always appreciated your assessment. You had both the inside view and a little bit more uh, as a, the advisor to technologist view. I will not proclaim to have ever spun up the technology, which is something that you are uniquely prepared to talk about. What I will say is you have to understand the health of a company long-term provides the opportunity for those that work within it. As an industry analyst, we need to analyze the tech, but you also need to analyze the business health and wellness. When a company stops growing at a certain pace, you need to look at what are the factors limiting its growth. And you mentioned some of them in either underinvesting, getting into too many things, um, not necessarily properly uh, understanding customer trends and, and shifts. And so there was a little bit of this that had been happening. There's been some you know, changing at the top, changing of the guard. Um, and then of course, uh, we've come into a period with generative AI, AI uh, technology where things are changing so fast that don't know is one of our biggest competitors any given day, Keith. VMware still is showing what I would call a little bit of vulnerability right now. The statement that went up today, uh, when you, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the keynote, but at the keynote, there was this disclaimer that basically said, we're going to show a bunch of things, but we make no promise to actually build them. To me, what that says is, we don't know what we're going to become yet. And until this acquisition is done, we don't want to fully commit to what we're going to become yet. And of course, products can always get killed along the way. But there's just this, the company's ready. The transition is happening. You saw my tweet yesterday, getting the US approval, even if it's by expiration of date, was the big hurdle. I know people think it's China. I think it's the US. There's a joke that runs around about how many licenses of VMware has has been bought in China. <laughs> I know the I know the answer to that. Joke. It's a riddle, you know. <laughs> That's not actually the case, yeah, but you know. But what I mean is, you know, when when you have a, a unlike hardware, where Hawk is very experienced in China, and they have a very important relationship with. China's ambitions to compete, especially right now with all the chip controls and everything that's going on with, you know, no ASML, no EUV, no uh, leading edge nodes. You have literally um, dependency on being able to get either legacy or at least good enough, seven nanometer and above, to be able to even play in the in the AI sandbox right now. Broadcom's in a really interesting, unique, and strong position. In the end, I wasn't. I started off kind of being the way I was almost to be contrarian, because everyone was when, 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 when. I was like, let's wait and see. As I got to know the situation more, I feel better and better and better about where I stand on the situation. And I think those that were really came out really slamming the deal are going to be chewing their words for quite a long time. But I like I like to be wrong occasionally, but you'll never see me post about it. 
So uh, we'll see where we're at. Now, I'll, for the record, I've always said, I think financially an amazing deal. Makes a lot of sense. I question, and I still question, the innovation for customers who've invested in the VMware stack over the past, whether it's Tanzu application platform, all 12 of you, we really appreciate you investing in the VMware vision, or if it's the EUC, the security stuff, NSX, which I don't think is going anywhere, vSphere not going anywhere, uh, small customers, large customers, VMware cloud on AWS, this technology list goes on and on and on. And again, we've seen a lot of uh, fails and stops from VMware in the past. Can hot time focus VMware? That's the bet that Dan, I think, is making. And the bet that I'm making is that he can focus on VMware. The question that I'm focusing on is, does he have the intuition to know what VMware clusters are? More important, the cloud market wants from VMware in the future. I'm rooting for VMware slash Broadcom because I think a healthy VMware Broadcom is good for the industry. You want to find out more about either of our companies, Dan, where can they find Futurum? Yeah, check us out, www.futurumgroup.com or check out my Twitter. I put pretty much everything out there. It's uh, at Daniel Newman, UV. Hopefully he can throw that along the bottom there. But if he didn't, it's easy. Daniel Newman, spelled just like the Seinfeld Newman and uh, UV at the end, and I will explain why that's there some other time on a different show. And if you want to find me, you can find me on x.com at CTO Advisor. Twitter. X. Whatever. <laughs> Talk to you next CTO Advisor, CTO Studio. See ya.